I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 160 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. He is a very successful actor who portrayed another First Class Father and former guest on the podcast here. Dominic Famusa will be joining me in just a few minutes, and he, of course, played John Tig Tegan in 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. You can hear my interview with Tig back on episode 142. He was here not too long ago. So this is a unique opportunity here that will be a lot of fun, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow on the show, I will have first-class father Curtis Martin. No, not the running back or the Catholic radio host, but a first-class father with an incredible fatherhood journey. And there is a funny backstory to how I ended up interviewing Curtis on the show here. So I'm going to get into that a little bit more tomorrow on the podcast. That's going to be a lot of fun. Wednesday, Jason Jake Jean, the founder of Tatered Beans, will be here. He is a former Air Force veteran, a cancer survivor, and he is making a big impact by giving back to our veterans. And he has got some great advice, so please stay tuned for that one. Thursday, I'm going to take a minute to celebrate the one-year anniversary of First Class Fatherhood. I'm going to play some clips, tell some stories. I'm going to keep it short, but I just want to dedicate one episode to cover this amazing journey that has turned out to become such a big part of my life, so I hope you will join me here for that. Friday, I'm going to hit you with a fresh Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Former Navy SEAL and best-selling author Jack Carr will be joining me here. So let's go, dads. Thank you so much for all of your support. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Feedspot has us ranked as the 17th best parenting podcast on the planet. Uh, We've been number one on iTunes for the kids and family section several times. So let's keep this fatherhood conversation going strong and celebrate fatherhood. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I am going to jump right into the action now with Dominic Famusa. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a very popular actor who has played Kevin Payton in Showtime's Nurse Jackie. He played John Tig Tegan in 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. He has also performed on Broadway in a number of plays. It is a big privilege for me to say, Dominic Famusa, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, man, thanks a lot. Good to, good to be here. Okay, here we go. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Uh, we have two kids, uh, a daughter uh, who is 15, she's a sophomore in high school, and uh, our son is 12, he's in seventh grade. Awesome, one and one, what type of uh, sports or activities are they into? Uh, well, they're, they're uh, both very musical kids, they both write music and perform uh, their own songs, and uh, my son is in a jazz band at school, he plays saxophone and piano and guitar. And our daughter uh, plays uh, plays piano, and uh, so that's that's a big part of the of their after school interests and uh, just general interests. Um, sports wise, you know, they're both uh, 
they're both fairly athletic, but they never really hooked on to any kind of team sports. It's funny. I, I was a jock as a kid. I played football, basketball, baseball. Uh, it was really a big part of my life growing up. And they, uh, they were more into like swimming and rock climbing and things like that. And then, you know, when they got into school, there wasn't, I suppose there's a swim team, but they didn't, they didn't follow up on that. They, they, they continue to be athletic in their own way, but not, not team oriented. Yeah, it's so cool. It's one of these things about fatherhood that really forces us out of our comfort zone. I know with me, my oldest, he became very interested in chess at an early age, and I never played or knew anything about the game of chess, so I had to adapt and learn, and now I love playing it. Exactly. My son my son was really into comics as a kid, and I did not own a single comic book when I was growing up, so I have, I have had a late-in-life uh, tutorial on the whole Marvel and DC universes, and uh and I have to say, it's been fun, man. I, I knew I really knew nothing about it. My son, you know, he'd make sure we went to all the movies and we shared the comic books together. And uh, yeah, that was that was a great uh, lesson for me because, like you say, it was not it was not something I knew anything about when I was their age. Yeah, and Dominic, I'll tell you what, it may be just the best time ever to be a comic book fan because the attention that's being given to these superhero movies is far greater than it was when I was a kid. Yeah, no, me too. I, I mean, it's. Uh, it sometimes it seems like it's uh, even, even maybe a little too much because it's hard to keep up with all the things that are going on out there. Uh, you know, Mar- Marvel especially seems to be putting something out uh, often, and <laughs> I haven't like this this latest one, Captain Marvel. We haven't gotten it to it yet. Uh, you know, there's a couple that I haven't seen. I never saw uh, the one with Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Doctor Strange. I haven't seen that one yet either. Um, yeah, but you know, one day I hope. I'm still waiting to knock out Aquaman myself. Yeah, I haven't seen Aquaman uh, either, yeah. All right, Dominic, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, well, uh, I uh, grew up, uh, I was born in Madison, Wisconsin, grew up uh, just outside of Madison in a town called McFarland. Um, I'm one of 10 kids. I have seven sisters, including a twin sister and uh, two brothers. Uh, I'm the ninth in that in that family, so uh, I'm toward the end. Uh and um yeah like i said i was a, i was into sports as a kid uh but i was into a lot of extracurriculars i seemed to sign up for pretty much anything they had so i i played trumpet i was in the school uh government and newspaper and i got into acting when i was a freshman in high school i did my first school play and then when i came time to go to college i chose a small school a place called Lawrence University where i could uh play division 3 football and still be in the theater, even though I was technically a political science major. Um, and about my junior year of college, I decided that, uh, you know, most of my buddies were getting ready to take the LSAT. They all had, you know, sort of preparations for law school. And uh, I thought I'd be right there with them, but, but something clicked in my brain saying, man, if I don't do something, I'm never going to act again. And that really, that really um, bummed me out. So uh, I spoke with some professors uh, in the theater department, and they encouraged me to go to graduate school and get an MFA in acting, which is what I did uh, at the University of Illinois in Champaign. Uh, I finished that up. I started my career in in Chicago in the mid-90s doing uh, theater uh, there, and and I I did some theater up at uh, the Stratford Festival in Canada, which is Shakespeare. Uh, and I, I finally, a couple of years after that in 97, I got to New York and, uh, again, doing mostly theater, did a Broadway play in 98, uh, that sort of set me on the right path. And then, uh, the television and the film came later. I was, 
I was close to well, I was thirty by the time I was doing any TV, and then I was I was close to uh, forty by the time I got the the television show that that sort of changed my career, which was a show called Nurse Jackie, which I was on for seven years uh, opposite Edie Falco. Um, yeah, and it's been mostly film and television since. Although I, I love the theater and and I try to get back, but I haven't done a play in about four years, four or five years, and uh, I'm really itching to do another one because that that will always be my first love and. Um, it's where I feel most alive, and the, the rewards of a live audience. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this from other actors or or performers, but that 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 exchange between the stage and the live audience is just unlike anything else, uh, and and I miss it. So hopefully, I'll be able to do more of that in the future. Very cool. What an awesome journey, Dominic. And when did fatherhood come into this picture for you? How old were you when you became a dad, and how did becoming a father change your perspective on life? Um. So I so I met my wife doing a play. We did a play together uh, in the summer of 2001, uh, just before 9/11, at the Kennedy Center down in D.C. Uh, and uh, we we became friends during that play. I tell you, D.C. is a great place to fall in love because we were we were doing the play at night, and during the day we would just stroll around the the mall and go to different Smithsonian's, and uh, it was just fantastic. It was kind of perfect. And then we get back to New York. 9/11 happens, and you know, we all just sort of hang on for dear life. And uh, we got married about a year after 9-11. Uh, and then uh, our first kid came about a year after that, 2003. Uh, our daughter was born. And then uh, three years later, our son came around. And, um, you know, of course, the uh, you know, I, it's funny. I, I, I heard Max Martini, uh, my buddy Max's interview with you uh, on your podcast, uh, talking about how, he doesn't remember much before his kids. <laughs> and that's sort of the way I feel too. I mean, obviously having kids changes your life tremendously. And, uh, and, uh, it, you know, uh, that's when in many ways I feel like my life began. So yeah, so that's when it happened. Awesome. Now does being a father have any influence on which particular roles that you're going to take or turn down? Uh, you know, it does. It does. I think about it a lot. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. I did a play, called uh, Take Me Out. Uh, we started at the Dunmar Warehouse in London in uh, 2002, and then we brought it back to the public theater downtown, uh, where it did very well, and then it transferred uptown to Broadway, and it ended up winning the Tony Award uh, that year. Uh, but I bring it up because there was a scene, it was, a, it was about a fic, sort of a fictitious version of the New York Yankees, and um, there was a scene, a locker room scene, where we were all you know, basically nude on stage uh, at one point, uh, changing uh, in and out of our uniforms. And, uh, you know, I didn't think much of it as an actor. You you sort of, you know, I mean, that wasn't the point of the play. It wasn't a play about nude guys, but it, you know, it was something we did and it was real to life. And anyway, I bring it up because uh, the internet was very much in its infancy. At least it, it felt like it was to me. I, I don't think I even had email when I, when I did that play. It was, <laughs> although admittedly I was late to, to the game and all of that, but uh some somebody took photographs uh, during the play, and those photographs ended up online. and And my my kids heard about it. I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's not a huge deal, but at the same time, I'm like, not something I'm crazy about, and not anything I intended to, for it to happen. You know, I didn't know that that was even a possibility. So now, when I look at roles and I think about, you know, things about things like nudity or violence, or you know, even just sort of uh, kinds of messages that sort of creep into certain uh, projects I, I really do think about it because uh, i don't i want to leave a you know a legacy that that my 
my kids will be proud of it. And that's quite frankly, I'll be proud of it now with the advent of the internet and everything being, you know, instantly and permanently available. Uh, I think it behooves everybody, not just actors. I mean, uh, we all have to think about that stuff. So, so yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. Being a father informs my choices. I, conversely, I'm desperate to get into one of these, you know, Marvel deals or, or something that my kids will love. Uh, because most of the stuff I do tends to be, you know, very, you know, oriented for, for grownups and, uh, and it's tends to be dark often and they're just not, you know, either they're, they're too young to watch it or even if they're not too young, they're not interested. So hopefully I can find something to do that, that my kids will be excited about. Yeah, I can definitely understand that, Dominic. And talking about some dark movies, I had the honor of having John Tig Teagan on the podcast here. He is the veteran that you portrayed in the movie 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. What was that experience like for you as an actor to be tasked with playing such a hero like John and just all those circumstances surrounding that tragic yet heroic event that was 13 Hours in Benghazi? Yeah, man, you're absolutely right. John is a hero. Those guys are heroes. And it was an honor to get to play him. And and, 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 you know, John has become a good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, it was a thrill, man. I mean, we, we trained with SEALs, uh, out in, uh, out in California before we, we went to Malta to shoot the movie. Um, so I got to know a lot of Navy SEALs that way. And then the SEALs stayed with us. A lot of them stayed with us on the, on the set. Uh, and, uh, and then of getting to know John and, uh, the real, the real guys in the film, uh, the ones who have become you know, public figures anyway. So obviously a few of them remained anonymous, but um, getting to know Oz and Tonto, uh, you know, it was great, man. I, I love those guys. They're, they're my brothers. And uh, I, I just think, you know, it was also uh, my, I had some experience with the military. Uh, my my uncle, my mom's brother uh, did two tours in Vietnam. And, you know, I was always very respectful of the military. At one time I considered a military uh, career when I was a, when I was a kid, but, but to, to go there and to really get to know them and to see how they work and think, it was a thrill, man. And I, I think, you know, it, it's something that everybody uh, would would benefit from because, you know, we we just always have to remember to be grateful for what these guys are doing, uh, these men and women, uh, on a daily basis, keeping us safe. And, uh, you know, we take it for granted in this country, and and, and that's, too, that's too bad because we, we shouldn't. So, uh, anyway, I, I loved everything about 13 Hours and uh, – it, it remains one of the seminal uh, experiences of, of not just my career, but of my life, to be honest. Very well said. And I agree with you 100%. I am so fascinated by the Navy SEALs. My listeners know just how much I admire them. I mean, I've had the honor of interviewing over 20 of them here about fatherhood. And I've had the opportunity to meet quite a few of them as well. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's possible to really walk away from the experience of meeting these guys without being moved. I mean, they have, they make such a huge impression on you and they have such a presence about them, man. It's just, it's crazy to think that guys like that exist. And thank God they are on our side. It's just, you know, they're just incredible human beings. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, it's also a little strange sometimes, too, because when you sit down and have a beer with them, you know, in many ways you forget who they are because you're just talking, just two, two regular guys talking. And uh, and then you think about, well, what this guy really had to go through to not just to become a SEAL, but then what, they, what they've what they done, you know, uh, on their missions and and, and just the readiness uh, uh, that they're, they they maintain to, to do their jobs. Um, and, and I have to say the thing that impresses me the most I don't know if you feel this way, but I, you know, I, the, the, the physical stuff, I, I can wrap my brain around. I was an athlete. I've, I've spent a lot of time in the weight room. I, 
I, you know, I mean, I, I was never an elite athlete, but I, I get that. I, I understand that world fairly well. It's the mental strength that they, they must possess that I think is just incredible. And, and to keep their wits about them and to, to remain calm in, in the most harrowing situations just blows my mind, man. It, it really does. Uh, and that's, I think that's what impresses me the most. I agree. It's time to get an important word from our sponsors and then right back with more from Dominic Famusa. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Seat Geek. Taking your kids to the ball game is one of the greatest experiences in all of fatherhood. And now, First Class Fatherhood has partnered with SeatGeek, and you could save $20 off your next ticket purchase by using the promo code First Class. That's one word, First Class. Maybe you want to go to a Broadway show, a concert. SeatGeek has the best prices for a wide variety of events. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. Get over to www.seatgeek.com and use the promo code First Class to get $20 off your next ticket purchase. SeatGeek.com. The ability they have just to focus and annihilate any goal or objective they have in front of them, it's really so inspiring. And the fact that the average civilian now has access to them and their mindsets through books and even social media, I think that's beneficial to everybody in our society. And I've, I, like I said, I've had the honor of having so many of them on the podcast here. And I'll tell you what, I, I think it helps out the dads a lot when they hear Navy SEALs talk about some of their own struggles or difficulties with fatherhood because it humanizes them. We always think of Navy SEALs as superhuman, uh, but for a dad, to hear these guys going through similar challenges of fatherhood, I think it really helps out a lot. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, and you know, uh, and and that's that's an important point too. They are human, and of course they they're they're not uh, they're not superheroes, even though uh, we we see them do such incredibly courageous things. But but um, but that makes them even all the more impressive, as far as I'm concerned, because like you said, they have they have the ups and downs of of life, and they they have to deal with. Uh, all the things that all of us have to deal with, and especially as fathers, uh, we all know that it's it's never uh, it's never easy. I mean, uh, it's it's usually rewarding and often fun, but uh, steps along the way, man, that you feel like, oh, how are we going to get through this? And you know, I think that they are inspiring because because if you can if you can remember, like you said, if you can remember what they're going through, what what a lot of people are going through. You know, I, I have tremendous respect for. For all kinds of uh, first responders and even teachers and people who just are, you know, the thing about it is, man, it's a life of service. And that's whether you're uh, whether you're a fireman or a SEAL or you know you're you're uh, at the forefront of education, whatever you're doing, you know, uh, doctor, nurse, it's all uh, it's all impressive to me. I have I have uh, uh, my sister's a nurse nurse, and I have a couple sisters who are social workers and. Anyway, the, the the things they go through on a daily basis at their jobs, uh, you know, I, I'm really impressed by them. I'm thankful for them. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Now, have your kids seen the film 13 Hours in Benghazi or not yet? Uh, you know, uh, they've seen parts of it. I've been to some festivals with them, and uh, they've watched uh, the beginning before we snuck out, and I think they've seen the end. But no, not not in its entirety, and not to really sit down and take it all in, a, in one sitting. Uh I think my daughter is probably ready for that if she chooses, but, you know, I'm not going to push it on her. Uh, you know, it'll happen when it happens. Um, yeah, I look forward to those days, man. I look forward, like I said, I look forward to the day where my kid and I can, can talk about what I do in a way where, you know, they're invested a little bit. Right now it feels like, um, you know, they're, they're, they're being kids and they, they don't really care so much about, about a lot of that. 
Yeah, I would imagine that's going to be awesome when you have the opportunity to finally sit down with them and, and not have to pull any punches about the entire experience and just get into it with them about what, what actually happened there. Um, have either one of your kids, Dominic, showed any interest in following your footsteps and becoming an actor? A little bit. They both have done a little bit. I did a short film with my daughter uh, several years ago, uh, which was a really good experience that she enjoyed. And, and my son, actually, just a couple of weeks ago was in a short film uh, upstate uh, in New York, uh, with some friends of ours who were, who were putting that together. Um, but you know, it's, it's something that, that I'm definitely letting them take the lead on. It's, it's nothing I would ever push anyone toward. And to be honest, I don't really want, I mean, if I, my preference would be them, if they come to it, I, I'd like them to come to it later. I mean, being a child actor is a, is a rough road and, uh, it sets up, uh, a strange reality that is hard to, simply hard to follow the rest of your life. You know, a lot of kids get work as actors uh, when they're young because of the way they look or some sort of idiosyncratic quality about them. And then, you know, they become an adult and that thing goes away. And then now what are you left with? It's like, you know, what, what was this really about? Um, and it's also, uh, it takes, I just, I, every once in a while you see a kid actor, you know, come through and, and, on the, and they're great, the great adults on the other side, but we all know the stories. It's it's tough, man. So I, I'm I'd prefer not to, to to go down that road if I if I could. <laughs> yeah, and the game has changed a lot, Dominic. As far as the ability to just get noticed or discovered. I mean, years ago you had to know somebody to get any chance for some exposure, but now with social media and all this stuff, everybody has the opportunity to kind of promote themselves and put it out there where they can be discovered. And many people have had some success with this, especially with YouTube. Uh, you know, people do get some solid results from it. But it's true, without a doubt. I mean, it, you know, the focus there is a little different from what I what I think of as, a, as the traditional trajectory, obviously, of an actor. Um, you know, for me, it was always about storytelling, and 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 to be honest, it was about language, about words. You know, um, uh, you know, uh, YouTube is the equalizer, as you say. I mean, uh, all bets are off, man. <laughs> who's who's to say what's going to happen with any of that? Yeah, and that's one thing I'm curious to ask you about, Dominic, because you are in the industry. Every Everything seems to be reduced in size, like our writing is reduced to text messages or tweets or the character limit. Our videos now are shortened to like one-minute bursts or one-minute clips. Do you see, uh, you know, the length of Hollywood films being affected as far as the two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half-hour movies continuing, or will Hollywood start reducing the running time of the movies, especially the ones that are aimed at the younger generation? Yeah, I, well, I think that's definitely in the cards. Uh, and I, and to be honest, I don't think it's a good thing. I mean, um, our attention spans have definitely, as far as I can tell, decreased. And we want instant gratification, you know, the whole idea of like, you know, a quick tweet or a quick uh, Instagram or whatever. Um, Snapchat. I mean, these are things I, I don't really know a lot about other than to say I know that my kids are, uh, you know, to a certain extent involved and, um, and it, it it takes the focus away from what I'm talking about, which was you know uh, an emphasis on the writing and and the storytelling and and the the deep dig into ideas, man. I mean that's really what what makes uh, in, for my money uh, any art uh, valuable is is how how deeply it's it's dis, you know distilling and and uh, uh, discovering uh, you know life's experiences and, and and not going for the quick cliche or the quick the quick out. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think who's to say, I mean, clearly uh, there's so much content and, and I, and I suppose it, it's becoming shorter in general. And um, I don't know. I mean, uh, 
it's a good time to be an actor and it's a bad time to be an actor. It's a funny thing right now. It's pretty crazy right now. How about discipline, Dominic? Uh, how do you handle discipline as a father? Are you a spanker, a timeout guy? What's your style? Uh, I'm not a spanker. Um, uh, you know, I, <laughs> this is an interesting topic. I, I grew up, uh, as I said, playing a lot of sports. And so discipline um, had a physical component to it. Um, not necessarily spanking, but, but uh, you know, if you screwed up at practice, you ran laps or, you know, you did wind sprints until you felt like you were going to puke. Um, my kids aren't, uh, that's not their paradigm. That's not the world they're in. So I, I try to reference that sometimes and, and it doesn't land too well. Uh, so, um, I, I try to be, here's the thing, man. I try to be patient. I'm not good at it. I'm not, I'm not always as patient as I'd like to be. My wife is, is much better at that. Um, you know, she's, she's, uh, fairly regularly reminding me to go easy. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world to, you know, take a breath before you do anything. Um, that being said, I'm lucky. My kids are good kids. They they got great hearts, uh, and they're very sensitive. And so I'm lucky. But uh, you know, I I just think um, that whole thing has shifted, man. You know, uh, uh, maybe maybe not for everybody. I mean, uh, if your kid is into sports, they're going to know what I'm talking about. But but if they're not, um, I think it's a different world, and I think we have to adjust to that. And uh, I'm learning every day how to be a, a better dad uh, with, you know, different tactics. I'm right there with you, Dominic, trying to adapt and keep up with the fast-paced changes of it all. But, all right, you've had so much success in your acting career already. What's coming up next for you? What kind of goals do you have? What projects or films are you working on that will be coming out soon? Uh, well, I've, I've, I've just wrapped a couple of things that I'm excited about. I, I, I'm in a movie called The Report that just did very well at the Sundance Festival out in Utah. Um it's a movie that stars Adam Driver and uh, and Annette Bening, and it's about uh, it's about the CIA after 9/11. I play uh, I play the director uh, George Tenet, um, who was the first CIA director in in uh, Bush's first term. And um, you know, it's about it's about what happened after 9/11 as they were trying desperately to prevent another attack. And uh, you know, it it dives into uh, the use of torture and and um, and the you know the the effectiveness or the ineffectiveness of that and the the world that that we created with the black sites and all that and uh, anyway it should be interesting I, there's a lot of buzz about it um, should be out later this year I'm excited for that um, and uh, and I just wrapped a show uh, for HBO called Divorce which is uh, which is in its third season now uh, with Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, a very funny uh, funny guy, uh, Thomas Hayden Church, great actor. Um, and I worked with both of them a lot and I loved it. They're both great. Um, and that too should be out later this year. Um, and you know, I just, I hope to keep, uh, you know, first of all, uh, I hope to keep working, uh, regularly. That's what every actor dreams for. And I've been lucky enough to do that for, for, uh, going on 15, 20 years now. So you know, my first, first thought is to keep that going in any way I can. And then um, as far as what kinds of projects I'd like to do, I, I, like I said earlier, man, I mean, I loved, I loved that world of the military. Uh, so I always uh, am interested in that kind of story, um, getting to uh, work with those guys, those guys again. And uh, but, but just you know, uh, anything that comes my way, I'm, I'm open to a lot of different kinds of stories. Uh, you know, being a father, uh, I'd love to to, to explore uh, something on film in that regard. Um, I have, you know, when I was on Nursiaki, I played a dad uh, with two two daughters, and, and it was just crazy because we got to see those girls 
kind of grow up on television. When we started, they were 10 and 8. And when we finished, they were getting ready to, you know, graduate high school. So, um, yeah, you know, I want to tell good stories, man. Uh, that's, that's really my, my focus. Very cool. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Dominic. I love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, I would go back to what we were talking about, man. Just just be patient, you know, uh, and, and, you know, all the things you hear, soak it in. It, it really does uh, just fly by. My wife and I just this morning were looking at pictures of our daughter when she was a baby, and she's now 15, and and you know how it is, man. It, it just it just goes by in an instant. And I remember being in the pool with my daughter when she was a, a little kid, and I'd close my eyes and I'd try to, like, make a mental picture that I could come back to, you know, I'd say I'd say to myself, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna log this into the computer here, and and uh, you know me- remember this forever." And and sometimes I, I try to bring it back, and I can to a certain extent, but that's really not that's really not how our brains work. But but it's just all more important than to to really enjoy each step along the way, um, and be patient, and uh, and and you know, I also am a big proponent of the idea that you know. Life uh, takes care of itself. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, there's never a perfect time to have a kid. There's never a perfect time to get married. There's never a perfect time to do anything. Just just live your life. And, and, uh, and you know, usually, you know, for, for people with uh, good intentions and a good work ethic, I think it usually works out, uh, more often than not anyway. So, you know, I remember being really, especially as an actor, being afraid about being a dad because, you know, again, my life is not as – I don't do a nine to five and it's not, it's not a consistent world I'm in in terms of work. It can be great when it's there and it can be bad when it's not. But, um, but I had to take a leap of faith and just trust that everything would work out and it did. Uh, and so I'm grateful for that. But, uh, that's what I tell young, young, you know, prospective dads or, or people who are just, you know, uh, looking to, to start a family, you know, get married, whatever, you know, just, it's, uh, don't just, just go do it. Go, go and live, you know. That's, that's the best advice I was ever given. Awesome. Great advice. I love the message. Dominic Famusa, I got to say, this has been a lot of fun. You are a first-class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. It's been great, Al. Thanks a lot. All right, I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dominic Famusa for giving me a few minutes of his time here. How awesome was that? Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in. Still a lot of action headed your way this week. Tomorrow, First Class Father Curtis Martin will be here. Wednesday, Jason Jake Jean. Thursday, we're going to celebrate our one-year anniversary of the podcast from the Little Acorn grew the mighty oak it's been some incredible ride here i owe it all to you listeners out there and then friday we're going to close it off with another frogman friday episode this time it'll be former navy seal jack carr all right so lock it in that's all i got for you guys today i'm alec lace you have been listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers Tall as a tree, I saw feelings.